to examine with your spouse if you're married whether or not you're willing to sacrifice financially to make a budget and to stick to it. How badly do you desire to get out of debt? Because if you don't care about it, then you need to be honest with yourself. And the reality is you'll probably always be in debt. You will always be a slave to the lender. And you need to be okay with that because that's the decision you're making by not being willing to sacrifice. Hey ladies, this is Christy Young with the Gritty Gospel and I'm super pumped to be here with y'all today to talk about how to get out of debt. Can I tell you, Larry and I, when we graduated from law school, both of us, we both went to law school, when we graduated, we had nearly $190,000 in student loan debt. We had just purchased a brand new home, so we had a substantial mortgage and then we also had soon thereafter purchased a brand new vehicle. I mean, you guys, we made such poor choices. And so we were substantially in debt. And then I felt called to come home, which then we wrestled with, could we even make minimum monthly payments on our largest assets to keep them afloat and to keep those payments going if I quit working? And at that time, the answer for us was no. We needed to sell our home. We needed to sell a vehicle. We had to make substantial life changes in order for me to be able to come home to disciple our kids. And so I just wanted to give you ladies today my top five tips, really six, I squeeze in one more, but top six tips for how to get out of debt. And these are not rocket science, but I feel like it's so encouraging sometimes hearing from someone who's been there and has lived through it and survived it uh, to, in your own walk. First of all, you're, you need to examine with your spouse if you're married, whether or not you're willing to sacrifice financially to make a budget and to stick to it. How badly do you desire to get out of debt? Because if you don't care about it, then you need to be honest with yourself. And the reality is you'll probably always be in debt. You will always be a slave to the lender and you need to be okay with that because that's the decision you're making by not being willing to sacrifice. My encouragement to you would be to be willing to sacrifice and to make every stride to get out of debt because there is freedom in being free from a lender. And that's biblical in Proverbs 22, 7. It says that the borrower is slave to a lender. We don't want to be a slave. Uh, it's, you know, that's oppression. And so to the degree that we can make every effort to get out of debt and to pay for everything that we purchase with cash, that's what we should strive to do because there's freedom in that. My number one tip for getting out of debt is to make a budget and to stick with it. And initially, part of making the budget is going line item by line item through your previous months, month or two of spending so that you can see all the places that you spend money. And that is sobering. And you need to sit in that for a minute. And that is not going to be fun. In fact, you're going to see all the ways that you are all the times that you eat out too much or that you grab a coffee when you know you shouldn't. Or if you, it's such an easy click on Amazon to buy that next skirt or shoes or home decor. Be encouraged though that that process is incredibly humbling and good for your spirit because it's to me, when I did it, it was very chastising too, where I just was humbled by my ability to spend recklessly, really, without thinking about it. And so that would be my encouragement to you to go line item by line item through your budget and then see what you can cut out. See if there are, you know, maybe you don't need Disney and Netflix and 
I don't know, any of the other apps that you can grab on your TV, maybe you could, do, you could survive with one app and then get rid of all the others, any of the other ones that you're paying for so that you can add money back into your pocket every month. Maybe you're eating out a ton, and so that would be an easy way to go ahead and buy lunch meat at the beginning of every week so that you can make sandwiches Monday through, even Thursday, Monday through Thursday, bring meals from home, and then maybe on Fridays you could splurge and go to Taco Bell. I don't know. Uh, It depends on what your goals are, but number one, I would make a budget and I'd stick to it. My number two tip would be to set aside an emergency savings, and this really comes from my husband. He believes that at a minimum, really, that you should set aside just $1,000 in savings. That way, if your hot water heater explodes, if your air conditioning needs to be repaired, if you have a major dysfunction with your vehicle, a major repair for your vehicle, you have money stashed away. And my husband's tip is this, put it into an account that you can't touch. Put it into an account where it's uncomfortable or hard to get to or to access so that you would not be inclined to spend it the minute you really desire to fill in the blank, eat out or to go shopping or to do whatever it is that you would be naturally inclined to do, maybe that you shouldn't be doing with your money when you're trying to get out of debt. So that would be number two, set aside $1,000 in emergency savings. Okay, number three, number three would be to start with the lowest total debt and to pay it off first. And my and, and then our encouragement, really, my encouragement would be that you should start with consumer debt or credit card debt because the interest rates on those debts are astronomical. So, man, you're paying ridiculous interest rates to borrow money from credit card companies. And that is just something that you should not do. And so to the degree that you can attack your credit card debt, your consumer debt first, you should. And get used to every month setting aside money to make big as much as you can. Uh, make big chunks, make large payments, or if, if all you can do at first is small payments, do what you can do to begin to attack consumer debt. And then once you pay off the first debt, then roll that money into the next debt so that you would begin to be accustomed to having that additional bill every month so that very so that really what you're doing is you're learning to live off of less of your income and so that hopefully once you get all your debt paid off you can continue to put that money that you were previously using to pay off debt into savings to rebuild or to initially establish your savings accounts okay number four my next encouragement to you would be to liquidate whatever you can to get cash to pay off debts. And I'm not talking about being foolish here. I'm not talking about liquidating uh, items or assets to a payday lender or to a pawn shop. I'm talking about legitimately selling things on Facebook Marketplace, maybe home decor, uh, school supplies, anything else that you you might have that someone else might deem valuable. If you can part with it to get cash to pay off debt, I feel like you should. That's a great decision. And then for Larry and I, when we really decided that we did not want to be in debt anymore, we sold our house and we purchased a house that was substantially cheaper. Secondly, we also sold our brand new vehicle, the vehicle that we bought that we were originally making payments on with an interest rate. We sold it and we bought a used used Toyota, a used Honda Odyssey minivan at the time. I was so grateful for the minivan because we had we were adding to our family. The Lord was adding to our family and we had more and more car seats to put in 
to that vehicle. And so, but we bought it used with probably 75,000 miles on it. We paid cash for that car. So we had no more car payments. And so that would be my encouragement to you. If you can sacrifice and get rid of your new vehicles or your vehicles that have car payments, can you sacrifice, sell those vehicles and buy used cars and aim to pay cash or you know, get a pretty good deal where you can then pay off that vehicle quickly so that you would not be a slave to the car notes. And then my encouragement to you too is don't keep flipping cars. Every three or four years, don't always be about having the next newest car, the next newest thing. Then, you know, if you can be content with your vehicle and aim to drive it for 10 years or even longer, if it would last longer and be in good shape, and if you can take care of it during that time. So aim instead to take good care of your vehicles, get them regular oil changes, get the brakes changed, rotate the tires, do all the things that you need to do in terms of regular maintenance for your car so that it would have longevity, so that you would take good care of it, so that it will love you back by lasting a good long time. My number five, I'm going to be funny when I say this, but I mean it, uh, just don't spend money. My number five literally is don't spend money. I remember when we were trying to get out of debt, we, I would intentionally, I had to retreat from all the places that I used to go that would make me inclined to spend money. So I would not meet friends anymore at uh, Burger King or Chick-fil-A to have playdates because I'd be inclined to spend money. Instead, we would meet at a park where there was no fast food restaurant. Then we, we, Um, increasingly went to the public library because there were fun programs that were free there. We could read books. We could play on the playground. We could do all kinds of things that didn't cost any money. And then I did have a group of sweet friends who I loved that lived a lifestyle that was a little bit different from what my goals were. And so I found myself increasingly realizing that I couldn't hang out with them as much anymore because we didn't share the same goals. And when I was with them, I felt compromised about my spending. And so I needed to find a group of people that were like-minded who would help me and my husband to achieve our goals of financial freedom. And so that's what I did, at least until we could get to the place that we wanted to get to uh, financially. And really that was just to get out of debt, to get our student loans paid off, to get out of, to have no car notes and to uh, pay off our mortgage. Uh, We have since moved, so now we have a mortgage payment, but we are actively attacking it now to pay off that debt. Ask yourself before you spend any money, is this a necessary expense? Is it a need and not a want? That means, is it food or clothing, something that my family needs, something that we can't live without? Is this like a light bill, a grocery bill? You know, are these necessary expenses or is this kind of flamboyant? Is this unnecessary and extraneous where I, it's something I could cut and that I don't have to live with, I don't need to live, so that I can put the, push that money toward paying off debt? Because you will be blessed if you can pay off debt and get out of debt. So, and this means, ladies, stop eating out. I mean, or if you're, if you eat out, like I remember when I was working at the law firm, I ate out every day for lunch. And so at the beginning, it was what I tried to do was eat out only one to two times a week and then cut that even back further. Once I got that down to where I could establish a new habit of just one to two times a week, then I aimed to cut it back to once a week. And now sometimes it's all over the place, but we still aim to not eat out much at all because we are such a large family. It is so expensive. This is one of my husband's tips too. I loved his wisdom. And so I want to share it with you. He said this too about number five, the 
Honing the ability to have self-control to not spend money is a discipline. And it's really a heart issue because really, ultimately, the reason we are compelled to spend money is the root of it is our greed. Our greed, our discontentment are the things that would funnel or channel that desire, feed that desire within us to spend more money when we don't really have it to spend. And so ultimately, that's a heart issue that we need to lay before the Lord. It's really a contentment problem. And we need to ask the Lord for help in every way to help us to have self-control and contentment. And in terms of eating out, if we're not eating out, that does mean too we need to be meal planning. And so that would be my encouragement to you is to get a good meal plan going. Try to see how you can stretch meals and make them go further. We do a lot of things like uh, even in tacos, for example, we add in black beans or we use, if we create a meal one night, like chicken salsa tacos in the crock pot one day, then I may make it nachos one night. Then the next night I'll serve it over baked potatoes. And then the third night I may turn it into a soup, like some kind of uh, chicken, veggie, Southwestern veggie soup so that we can have it three different ways, but it would be one meal that doesn't take a ton of time. I don't have to create three different meals and reinvent the wheel every day, but I get to almost reinvent the meal so it feels different uh, to me and to my kids and to my husband every day. And then, it, and I've learned to stretch it. And so I'd encourage you to do the same. There are tons of hacks for that all over the internet. Okay, and then my number five and a half or six is Really, it's the most important one. It's to surrender. If your heart's desire is to get out of debt, surrender that to the Lord. Lay it at his feet and ask him to help you. Ask him to help Ask Him to help change the desires of your heart. Ask him to help breed within you, to cultivate within you contentment and joy and not to be, not to have greed anymore, but just to find contentment in the simplest of things so that you can enjoy a good meal at home so that you can enjoy rather than buying your kids hot chocolate out somewhere cute or at Starbucks or at even Callaway Gardens we just <laughs> we actually just went to Callaway Gardens for the uh, fantasy and lights and I this is so random but I made a huge uh thermos of hot chocolate and bought little cups from Walmart and then gave every one of my kids a yummy hot chocolate before we got on the trolley. But I did not pay the $4 per hot chocolate or whatever it is. Even though I love Callaway Gardens, I'm grateful for them and for their peaceful, serene, wooded uh, getaway very close to us. But man, to the degree that I can find budgety ways to, I don't know, provide great experiences for my kids, that's my goal. Finally, I want to end with this. Uh, one of my favorite verses in scripture, because it is like balm to my spirit, is 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 10. It's beautiful because it's so simple. And I love it because the culture would tell us that we always need the next best thing. And the culture creates even within us a desire to crave all of the marketing of the culture tells us we should crave the next best thing, the newer thing, the nicer thing, the larger thing. On every front, the culture's aim is to cultivate within us a desire for more or greater or newer. But God's word says this. But godliness with, this is 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 10. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out if we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. 
But those who want to be rich fall into temptation, a trap, and many foolish and harmful desires, which plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and by craving it, some have wandered away from the faith and have pierced themselves with many griefs. Can I tell you the few things that I notice about this verse? Godliness with contentment is great gain. If we can ask the Lord to cultivate within us godliness with contentment, that is great gain to us. In fact, in Proverbs 22, 7, where it says, it actually says, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. And so in my study commentary, it says that a borrower ends up no better off than an oppressed poor person. So when we are borrowing money, we are no better off than someone who is oppressed and poor. And that is a sad reality because we make the choice. When we become a borrower, oftentimes we're making the choice to take out a loan for something that then makes us a slave to the lender. And so we need to be wise about our choices and make sure that we are making choices to spend money on things that we need and not just things that we would desire, but that ultimately would create greater stress for us or be harmful for us if We have a large loan looming over our heads that financially straps us. That adds stress to our lives in every way and stress to our families. Verse 9 says that those who want to be rich, those who want to be rich fall into temptation, a trap, and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge people into ruin and destruction. Note that verse 9 says, What's bad is not even having things and having blessings from the Lord. What's bad and what can be evil is our desire to be rich, the greed that can ultimately be cultivated in our hearts that we can allow to grow and to subsume our hearts. That is what is bad and evil and can work adversely to our own interests. That desire to be rich can actually become a trap for us and plunge us into ruin and destruction. We've all seen places where people or times where people are pursuing money, whether it's money and career or gain in some kind of way that hurts themselves or hurts their families or it just that greed can take over us in such a way that it ends up being actually harmful to us and to our family life, ultimately too for, I don't know, for our spiritual walks too, for the walks of our families. If we spend all of our time out in the world trying to create that or gain that next dollar, but we, and then we abandon the discipleship of our kids or caring for our spouses, then we've really lost. And then finally, verse 10 says this, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil and by craving it. So by craving the love of money, by craving money, some have wandered away from the faith and pierce themselves with many griefs. So again, it's this love of money by craving a love of money. If we notice that we crave money and we have a love of money that is unhealthy, man, the best thing that we can do is to run from it. In fact, we need to make sure that we are not a slave to those desires because that is sin, that's idolatry. And then ultimately, all three of these verses show that it really works adversely to us, that we ultimately, by craving those things, We can fall into a trap, into foolish and harmful desires. It can plunge us into ruin and destruction. It can cause us to wander away from the faith and pierce ourselves with many griefs. All of those things by craving money 
or having a too great of a desire for money, it actually bites us in the butt at the end. And so I just want all of us to take wise counsel from these verses and not allow our love for money or our desire for newer, nicer, better things to actually choke us out and make us unfruitful for the kingdom of God. Godliness with contentment, the Lord says, is great gain for us. When we can pursue godliness with contentment in our lives, then we gain peace. We're not always lusting after, chasing the next thing, desiring the next thing, or trying to keep up with the world and wanting, needing to show off the next best thing that we have. And so with that becomes comes joy and peace because we're not always on the hamster wheel chasing the next thing. Really no one, my encouragement to you mamas and sisters in Christ would be this, no one should look at you and see the poster child for the next brand or for the next newest thing. If you desire to get out of debt, it may mean that you might have to find new sweet friends who can help you to cultivate that those qualities in yourself. It may even mean that you need to find a new place to live. You know, you may live in a neighborhood, in a city where what is valued is monetary things or affluence. And that can be really hard because that's temptation to always be spending, to always keep up. Or if you're with a friend group where, where it's all about, you know, how cute you are, what you can buy, how nice you look. I don't know if it's always about the next new thing or always looking as cute as you can look, always having the newest, nicest vehicles. It may mean that you need to find some new sweet friends who would be desiring to cultivate the same attributes that you're desiring to cultivate in yourself to find godliness with contentment. Because really, that's temptation. You need to remove you need to remove yourself from the temptation to spend more and to keep up with the Joneses, to keep up with the world or the culture. And so wherever you find temptation in your life to spend money or peer pressure to spend money, you need to slowly cut those things away from your life as you if you really desire to get out of debt. And then I love this. This is from Larry. I'm hoping to get Larry on the podcast one day soon because he's so full of wisdom himself too. But this is what he said, and he's funny. So he said this. He's like, really, Christy, you need to say that most people who showboat are broke. And so I just want to say that to y'all. Most of the people that you see who look like they've got it all together and look like they have a ton of money really don't. They are up to their eyeballs in debt. They have mortgage debt and car debt and every kind of debt, consumer debt, credit card debt. And they are just because they're striving so hard to look the part like they have some money. So most people who showboat are broke to encourage you. I just want to leave you with that. And then really millionaires are the people you would least likely expect to be millionaires. They're always driving the oldest vehicles, wearing, they don't have to have the nicest, newest things. They don't have to be, they don't have to look, look the part. They're not trying to have brand new clothes, brand new shoes, brand, they don't change their, buy a new truck every three years to make sure they have the newest, nicest, nicest one on the market. They in fact are very content, which is why they can save their money and build wealth because they have money to save because they're not spending it all. And so I just wanted to encourage you with that. All right, you guys, I love y'all. We'll talk soon.